Welcome to Talking Out of Slot, the podcast about having fun playing with toy cars. My name is Scott. And I'm Nick. And this week we're going to be talking about what's caught our eye, including the brave decision by Avant Slot to bring back Super Touring and make an obscure, unsuccessful BTCC car that's very dear to my heart. And we're looking forward to the new year, and particularly re-liveries of existing models we expect to see, and those we'd love to see, not necessarily the same thing. And we have been prowling, viewer, prowling the sites uh, for bargains, um, and it's getting a bit silly, particularly when it comes to old and unfashionable Subarus. But um, I've been building more TV cars too. Well, I don't I think we should get it on the table straight away. How many Skeletric Subarus have you now got? Uh, six. Six. Six and... to do. <laughs> six um, to do? Yeah. So I've got six of the old box set cars from the Subaru Challenge, mm -hmm. um, which came in blue, silver, and red with a sort of a Subaru livery on and um, a network queue rally plates on, but were very, very basic. But they actually scrub up really well. And and one of the, for those who didn't watch the previous episode, one of the things you do which makes them look really good I think, is you put the bigger diameter Ninko wheels on. Yeah, now, Ninko did the right six-spoke speed lines for mm -hmm. the WRC. And are those easy to get? Or are those hard? I imagine they're harder to get than the bodies. Yeah, they're, they're quite rare these days. But the um, slotted DTM wheels for the Alpha 155 have the six-spoke inserts that can be made to with a bit of bodging you can make them into the right sort of wheels bodging that's the that's that's the kind of term that's like axle mankers manking and <laughs> manking and bodging that's what we want some sort of gold uh, right. paint and a few bits and pieces of fiddling around and yeah that'll be fine no one will tell the oh. difference and also there'll be alloy wheels so you know the mighty performance of the Scalextric Subaru Impreza uh, will be further enhanced Wonderful. And movie cars, what have you got? What's the latest on the movie cars? The latest on that is a 69 Camaro, um, which obviously is hardly a rarity in the slot racing world. Um, this one was a dragster lookalike built by a guy who was quite famous for running a dragster. Um, and he built one that, that was in a similar paint job to his with the big fat wheels on the back, but it wasn't actually a dragster. It was a road car. And it was used by a baddie who was doing home invasions, um, who the you know Crockett and Tubbs had to stop. Um, and uh, yeah, so it should be quite cool. But Scalextric 69 Camaros at the moment are in uh, a peak of, of pricing. You can't get them unboxed for less than 30 quid. So really? I'm thinking, yeah. And with the big fat wheels, which I've taken from the uh, Ferrari 312T2, I had a spare mm -hmm. set of rear wheels from that, which looked fine under the arches. But um, obviously that doesn't work with a Sidewinder. So I've now got the Hornby 132nd scale kit, which is obviously the scale extra car with the, the slight modification. Um, it uses the same chassis posts as the original one. Um, and that is going to go on a PCS 32 in line standard with the with the dragstery type wheels on. 
I admire your dedication to this. I'm surprised those Camaros are real because that was that's must be the most produced body ever by Skeletric. They're not rare, but but they're really really expensive. And if you're just buying a car for the body and then going to chuck everything else away, thirty quid seems a bit steep for. Seems what a bit is excessive. A, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would agree with so you. So I got the kit for a tenner. Ah, perfect, perfect. Um, and I've got lots of PCS chassis lying around. And the the other, and this don't take this the wrong way, but is it a is it a baddies car in every episode? I mean, are you are you literally committing <laughs> committing to making hundreds of of American slot cars? Um, no, I've got two Camaros now, so I've got Crockett's Camaro from the first ever episode to be done, which is an eighty two model, um, and then I'm sort of done with the Yank tanks. In fact, I've only got the two hero cars left to get really i've got two scale extricts on order one being a plymouth barracuda um which i'm going to make into a road going sort of purpley metallic blue um and the other one is the countash um so i've asked for a white one but i don't think there's any white ones left in the world which aren't sort of sitting there presumably in some hoarder's box waiting for the prices to go through the roof on ebay in pristine, um, in pristine, unmolested condition. Hopefully, exactly. Yeah. So I'll probably get a Walter Wolf one and have to paint it white, which is oh, annoying. Oh, that's so pretty. Uh, well, that, well, I guess. Yeah, but that's what you do. You, you, can't yeah, be, yeah. you can't be sentimental about these things. You've got to just do it. Exactly. And then, then it's off to the Area 71 for a Testarossa and a Mercedes SEC. Now, do you remember the tiny little Steve McQueen holding a helmet, flipping the bird that I got earlier this yes. year? Yes, which was very nice. Do the, what you need to get them to do because they do Blues Brother figures, and I think they do Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they do Miami Vice figures or indeed no, professionals figures. But, but there's I, a I think... lovely Spanish chap who 3D prints pretty much anything, and he finds the files, and he's got all sorts of drivers and TV characters and whatever else. So I'm sure he's actually sending me a box that I ordered from him uh, seven or eight months ago and completely forgot about. And then he sort of messaged me on Facebook to say, I've done done these bodies you want. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Have I paid for them? Yes, you have. Oh, even better. So even better. Um, <laughs> yes, there is a box winging its way to me with a 1938 BMW 328 body and a Citroen Mahari. Wow, that is niche. <laughs> <laughs> that is niche. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I look. For, I look forward to this. I mean, all of these are going to run, aren't they? I mean, it's they're not basically. They all you put motors and guides in all of them, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're only for fun because we don't fit any of the club classes, and I'm sure that there's. Well, I suppose I should buy four Maharis. We could have a Mahari club class then, couldn't we? But no, that's just wrong. Well, you've just you've just inspired me. So you know, if uh, I guess Hornby would be the one to do it. You know, if you're listening, Hornby, uh, clearly the huge success that is the Land Rover. Uh, if you're looking for another British quirky icon, I think the Mini Moak. Uh, I think that's what we need. Uh, yeah, and have you a prisoner one. Do a prisoner one, and then just you know, endless uh, promotional ones for seaside towns all over the world. Um, <laughs> you know, Blackpool, Skegness—I'm sure it would all work. Um, 
but they have the FF motors in, and they need two magnets to hold them down. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> enough of all that. Um, before we move on to what caught our eye, uh, yeah. because I don't want I don't want to forget. I want to say we've had our first review, uh, oh. which feels terribly grown up uh, and almost professional. Uh, so thank you to Slot Racer Online, um, and obviously they've taken sort of nine months to to sample. Uh, as much as they can. <laughs> uh, they've decided that we're clearly here for the long run and they've written us a review, which is very nice. So thank you very much. They always say your first one is the most important. So <laughs> it's a bit like I can't. Go on. And the big question is have you tidied your toy box yet? Oh, um, well, there's a yes and no answer to that one. Uh, so <laughs> a little bit of background. The regular listeners do I, I like having a little slot rally to myself and I'd got out sort of 90 cars uh, which I was doing and I wanted to put them all away uh, which I more or less did nearly found all the boxes um, but in the process of putting them away I found some other things so group four cars uh, so a Stratos and line 11 and then I got an escort out and then I bought a new escort last week so uh, that meant I got some more out and that, uh, so I ended up with another load of car, I won't count the number, but it's probably near 40 or so, not quite as many. So they're all out. So it was a bit like waves on the beach. So, you know, the tide <laughs> goes out gradually, the pit lane cleared, and then it filled up again. Um, so, but, 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 my my abiding on background mission is to get everything reunited with its box or a box um, and probably change the layout. Might not even, I might take the polycar down and put something different up. Or I might just rejig the polycar. I haven't decided yet. But it's been up, essentially been the layout it's been for three years. Mm-hmm. And since the whole point of having a sort of click-together track is that you can easily change the shape, uh, I should change the shape. But there we go. We'll see how I go. But I'll let you know. Anyway, it's time. We probably should have a section theme tune for what's caught our eye. So Indeed. imagine imagine that's happened. <laughs> what's caught your eye, Nick? <laughs> well... Um, BRM and 124ths, which don't often feature on my radar, but uh, Franco, our clubmate, sent a very excited um, WhatsApp around with a photo of an Alpha 333 um, in 124th scale, which apparently is going to be the first of potentially many Group 6 sports prototypes coming from the 1970s to your living room in 124th scale, um, which is... I don't know. I, I love, well, I grew up with a Polystil model 64 scale, one of the Campari 33 TT12, the one that SRC made as a slot car, which I own and love and cherish dearly. Um, I think that's the best model because it's got the big sort of balloony tyres on the back. Um, slot it obviously makes the fastest running Alpha 33, which is the Slash 3, the same as the BRM1. And that is a brilliant little car. It's not as quick on our track as the Matras. Um, the Matras is just a bit more stable. The, the, with the short wheelbase and a sidewinder motor without the magnet in, it's just so snappy, as is the Ferrari, um, in that little sort of trio of open-top slotted cars. And it looks like BRM is going down the same route and producing the same cars, possibly some Porsche 908 Spiders and, you know, spidery things from the 70s. Well, here's a thought. I, I, it's become 
unscientific research. <laughs> Having watched lots of uh, US YouTube videos, Carrera seems to be the default sort of plastic track choice for in the US. And obviously it's bigger, smoother, was originally designed for 124th. So I would imagine for a North American market that bigger, you know, 124th sports cars with metal chassis probably going to go quite well um, yeah. for people who do. Yeah. Whereas maybe maybe not so much here. So maybe, but I'm 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 rationalising off prejudices there. Um, <laughs> spe- speaking of prejudices, <laughs> um, I, I again as a quick reminder for me, I spent a very long time uh, working for um, Toyota who make uh, what is clearly, demonstrably, and and unarguably the best off-road vehicle in the world, namely the Land Cruiser. Um, So it was always a giggle having to live and operate in Britain where everybody's in love with Land Rover, um, (laughs) despite despite their characterful reliability record, shall we say. Uh, So I'm no great fan of Land Rovers, I just just know. Um, And when Skeletric announced the new Land Rover model, I thought, yeah, clever, different, that's very good, you'll sell loads of those, but, you know, it's not for me. Anyway, it got released to the shops this week, and there was a great little video of it running around the electric factory track. And I actually found myself contemplating jumping in the car and driving down to the shop and getting one. <laughs> so so caught up in the enthusiasm was I one, and I thought, but I don't like Land Rovers. Anyway, so I so the 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 effect of it there none of us are immune from this uh, they're both it's a new slot car and it's a new quirky slot car but also it's a land rover um have you seen it what do you think i have seen it i've got it on my wish list of future professionals cars um, oh, yes. and it's well, even yeah. the right color so there we are <laughs> Um, don't have to paint it just have to stick a military cap on somebody that's driving it and it'd be fine um yeah it's i I liked the snap oversteer um in a car that's clearly got (laughs) magnets in it um i'm still desperate to see how it's geared because the render has a sidewinder gear on the right front wheel and i emailed simon at skeletric and said um is that right and he went, yes, it is. So has he got cogs all over the place? Is it front drive rubber band powered like the last generation of WRC cars that they did with the Subaru and the Peugeot and the Focus all front powered sidewinders with rubber bands to the rear wheels? Who knows? I don't know. But now people are getting them so they can tell us. Go well, on your you- local forum. And have a look at people going, oh, look at this. Pulling up. And I wish I was one of them. You've just, you've just peaked, man. I'm, I'm back. The needle in to go and get one is just flicked again just to find out what the drive system's like. <laughs> but the magnet if... is clearly quite high off the ground if it's um, going sideways with a magnet. Well, it's funny because we held the prototype in our hands at Gaiden in the sp- springtime, summer. We're back in May anyway. Um, and typically me, I was more interested in the top than what was underneath, so I didn't really pay any attention to the drive. But it must, yeah, it must be four-wheel drive, surely. Yeah. It is four-wheel drive, oh, and yeah. Simon said it's the most complex drivetrain they've ever put into a slot car, and it's got a sidewinder gear showing on the inside of the front wheel on the render. Oh, so okay, well, we we wait to be we wait to be 
educated. It's very exciting. Right. It's very exciting. Um, the time has come definitely for you, I think, to possibly uniquely uh, explain your enthusiasm for the upcoming Avant Slot Mitsubishi Galant BTC sneaker. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, so Mitsubishi's, been... or the Galant has been announced by Avant Slot quite some time ago. All the rally community very excited about having potentially a nice, stable, wide, powerful uh, 1990s slot rally car to play with. Um, and, should, and why? But I think it's fair to say, in a in an era of lovely looking rally cars, it's the least lovely looking that Galant, wasn't it? It's very, f- it's frumpy. Still a word? Are we allowed to say frumpy? <laughs> It's very yes. kind of tall and bulbous and always looked quite heavy. And It was um, sort of the baby steps, wasn't it? Because, well, okay, you had the Mitsubishi Colt, didn't you, in the 80s, and mm. Penty famously doing well on the RAC in it, and mm. um, then Penty stayed in with, with the Mitsubishi. So um, did, did Penty win the RAC? Was that the Galant he was in? He did, yes. This, and indeed this one, which, I mean, I can see... So that's that, your it, obvious livery. That's the obvious livery, but that's a rally car. So what the, how, what, I'm just trying to envisage the lunch meeting at which they said, okay, what, what other liveries could we do? And somebody <laughs> well, said, uh, let's do this, this unsuccessful Steve. BTCC car. <laughs> this is Steve, um, because Steve staffs, who imports mm-hmm. um, Team Slot and Avant Slot, because he messaged me um, and said, is this an actual car and i said yeah um and it is in 1991 when btcc um went to two liter super touring um mitsubishi had entered in 1990 with a starion a non-turbo starion in the two liter class as kind of a experimental do we do this or not with the the new look btcc that was coming so obviously up at the sharp end, you'd still got all the Sierra Cozzies. And then at the sharp end of two litre, you'd got Cleland in the new then Cavalier taking on the ranks of BMW M3s. And then in amongst that lot was a Mitsubishi GB entered um, Starion for Mark Hales with Firestone branding on it. Anyway, the following year, and that was run by John Maguire Racing. And my dad had recently retired at that point. He was working at Silverstone doing the um, International Historic Festival, as it was, and lots of other bits and pieces through the year for the off-track sort of entertainment side and managing that and helping marketing and doing odds and sods, basically, and having fun in retirement. Um, And then he decided he needed to get a truck license because it was the only license he hadn't got. And then he decided he wanted to be a truckie. So he went uh, around, or, or somehow he got in touch. Well, he and John Maguire were sort of mates anyway. He and Mark Hales were sort of mates. And, and they just decided it would be a laugh to have Dad as the truckie. So he was the truckie, and he rolled wheels out uh, into the pit lane during the race when needed. Um, and they were a very small team. I think they all fitted into a Ford Sierra estate um, when they weren't. You know, zooming those, around those, in the truck or whatever else. Those were the days, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the whole BTCC team fitted into a Ford Sierra when going between the hotel and the circuit. 
Um, anyway, so year two, Mitsubishi was more of a sponsor than Firestone, although Firestone was still on it. Mark Hales was still driving. John Maguire was still building. And they went for a five-door Lancer because the Starion was now long since dead and probably out of homologation. Um, the five-door Lancer was very short wheelbase. It was quite heavy. Didn't really work. Um, so they went to the Galant because that was already available to them from Mitsubishi, Group A spec, lightweight, rally car. And they just took the rally car and made it raceable. Um, and it worked better than the Lancer did, but it still wasn't great. And Mitsubishi pulled out at the end of the year. So you've got this car, which didn't really achieve very much. Um, means quite a lot to me personally. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a super touring car. And we all keep saying to Scalextric and others, you need to start making super touring cars. So I think this should be the, you know, this is, going to be the, this is going to be the, well, <laughs> that may be a tough one then. It's a, it's a, I, I, I think it's, we've said before, it's good. Steve is responsible for a lot of UK specific, um, or UK famous liveries, shall we say, on um, previously SCX cars and, uh, and Avant slot and others and team slot and things. So I'm always grateful to that. And in fact, when we come on to our ho hoped for liveries, I've got one that I hope he can bring to bear. So I, 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 it's great that these things happen. It saves you having to relivery a rally, rally car, apart from anything. Yes. Um, yeah. But it does seem to be obscure. So whether it's whether it's one of those things where it's gone from surefire hit and the needle swings to very obscure, <laughs> but you know, the, the needle just swings a little bit further and it goes so obscure, people are going to want to buy it. Presumably uh, they just couldn't see. find a Spanish one. Well, I, I, I think there's probably quite a lot of rally cars. I, I, I think yeah, the, this may be the only touring car version of that car. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those, you know, it's like you know, my appreciation of Spitfires is based on Airfix catalogs. So my understanding <laughs> of the, the more obscured realms of Mitsubishi Motorsport is based on uh, on slot cars. Well, so, um, we'll this see one if, is apparently two-wheel drive, whereas the rally cars will be four-wheel drive. It will be rear-wheel drive rather than front-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. Um that's as much as we know, other than the fact it's going to have a stonking great motor in it. It's quite low and wide. Um, and so as and when <clears throat> Scale Electric, if you're listening, Simon, makes more Super Tourers again one day soon, um, as he should, then um, it will be lower, wider and more powerful than any of those. Interesting, interesting. Well, I look again. Sort of, we'll look to see it. Um, not low and not wide. In fact, quite high and narrow is the uh, the final thing that caught my eye this week, which is a Le Mans miniatures uh, model. And I'm I'm stalling trying to say the actual words, but you'll help me. I know uh, it's the winner. <laughs> The nine, <laughs> no pressure. The nineteen twenty three <laughs> Le Mans winner, which was the Chenar A. Walkler. Have I got that yeah. even vaguely right? I'd Shenari say that's Walker. close enough. Shenari. Apologies to uh, our French listeners. <laughs> yeah, if I've said something deeply offensive, I'm sorry. <laughs> that could be the um, new chapter in A Thousand Years of Annoying the French, which is one of my favourite books. Um, no, we don't want to do that too much. But uh, anyway, these these are, oh, you can imagine, a car, a 1923 race car was essentially a 1923 road car, possibly with, a few bits unscrewed to make it a little bit lighter. Um, so these are quite tall and narrow. 
And although it's kind of an era that we're not I'm outside of Velasaur, who make you know, the most exquisite models, um, these things don't tend, this sort of era doesn't tend to be made into slot cars. So it'd be interesting, and I have to say, it kind of given my Le Mans love, it kind of piqued my interest. Thought might 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 have to think about getting one of them. Yeah. Not for any can't race it with anything, but it. With the bent, well, it'll go well because George Turner's just <clears throat> released the um, twenty-six Bentley, the first Le Mans winner. Ah, so yeah, so there's some, there's a, there are things there. You can trundle uh, those two about together. They're, they they yeah. shouldn't, you know, set your track on fire. Uh, if they do, you've got issues. <laughs> um, Turn the power up to fifteen. And that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, <yeah>. Stick two <laughs> magnets at each end. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, um, yeah, they they would be fun to to tinker with and 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 run around. It's still, the more miniature, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be just over a hundred quid each, aren't they? If you buy Sad one ready made from Le Mans Miniatures, or if you buy one of George's kits and the bits to put into it, um, it's all the same. Yeah, it's the same money. I could always hold out for that optimism of the uh, uh, every so often uh, sort of warehouse sale from Gage Master, where the sort of fact the seconds and the return models, so the things that have got bits that have fallen off. Yeah, uh, and you can you can snap up a Le Mans miniature car for a bit of a bargain there if you if you if you don't mind gluing a few things back on, um, which is obvious. And um, from the from the brass, you know, splendor and the you know the the, the, the brilliance and beauty of nineteen twenties motoring, there's something else you've forgotten there, Scott. Oh, what it's a Fiat well, Panda. <gasps> yeah, I had. Thank you for reminding. In fact, well, you can you can now. Tell everyone about the Fiat <laughs> and why, but, and why it's causing gasps of delight. <laughs> it's I, I don't know why it's causing gasps of delight. <laughs> I have no no idea on that. But yeah, it's the old SCX, but not that old uh, SCX Fiat Panda or Seat Marbella, um, which the, the little eighties box style one, which has come out um, in the limited edition set of Carlos Sainz cars that they had it in for that, didn't they? It's come out in one or two other liveries, but it's quite a rare beast. And it's now coming out in Benetton colours, in bright green with Benetton on the side, as it was on the Alfa Romeo Formula One cars that same year. It's, it's, we've, SCX sort of released a couple of sort of side elevation illustrations of liveries to come and this was one of them and i've subsequently seen it a picture and i don't i have to go and hunt for it of the real thing and i think yeah. from memory i think it was a dakar car rather than a sort of classic rally car i'm not i'm not 100 sure on that but uh pandas great um yeah. you know bright green sort of livery sounds great um so it was, I think, it was before Benetton got all kind of crazy and multicolored. It was just mostly green, yeah, um, and with a white rice. So I'll definitely be, definitely, he says, confidently be getting one of those, assuming well, I can. We might not have long to wait, by the sounds of it, because they announced three models together: the Panda, um, the Hyundai in another new livery, which is that of the late and lamented Ken Block. Um, I don't actually remember him driving it, Hyundai. I, but... I don't, and if you don't, then it really is. I mean, you're much more into modern rallying than I am, so I would have thought if you don't know Presumably it, it was will. a... Because he, he did part company with Ford and was sort of became a free agent, so whether it was a car that he was intending to do or what, oh, okay. don't know. Anyway. 
Um, but then there's also the second livery of the SCX Ford Puma coming, which is presumably coming out very quickly because it's going to be fairly irrelevant very soon. It's Oit Tanax livery for this year. And of course, Oit famously jumped ship from Hyundai, having got bored of being second fiddle to Thierry Neville. He went to M Sport to be team leader, and now he's going back from M Sport to Hyundai. So, um, one season only, Mr. Tanak was driving a Puma this season, and that ends in a week's time, I think, in uh, Japan. After which, the Tanak Puma will be no more. So, they're getting them out quickly before the end of the year. Uh, well, also, they're getting them. I think that'll be two SCX Pumas before we've had one Skeletrix Puma. Is it? Has a Skeletrix Puma been seen in the wild yet? A- no, no, it hasn't. So. Um, and of course, they've got, so they've gone for the. They've gone for the big guns with Lerb and Tanak. And Skelly, as far as we know, is still planning to release Lerb and Gus Greensmith. But it will have actual Monaco rally plates. So it's all Red Bull liveries. But yes. With actual, so yeah, I don't know. The, the yes, Monaco I... decals for the SCX are now available, I believe. Just the little conversion ones for about three quid. Yes, I think I may have to buy a set of those for mine because it's uh, no. I didn't bother me, but now the decals are available. <laughs> I think well, that's, that's easy. Even I can put a few rally plates on because they're on relatively flat bits of plastic, so that's good. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Anything other caught your eyes? I think of that. Of, you've you've well, caught apart me. from the fact that Australia seems to be very upset with its um, Holdens. Well, yes. Did you see that? Well, so again, just to explain, so uh, Skeletrix announced a Holden, and you'll you you know the designation, but the big, the big boxy one, it's a VL, right? one. It's a VL. The, big, the big boxy one, uh, and we're getting, I think, first a Rothmans Groupie race livery, and Australia's had a, a Holden Works livery, but they're doing a a road car version of it, which helps reuse the mold in silver, very really good, but it's got a white interior and. The interior is basically a flat window sill high piece of plastic with a little hole cut out it for, I presume, either a hole driver or half a driver. Uh, and because it's white plastic, it sort of screams. Um, well, it's difficult to ignore. Let's put it that way. So paint um, it black. Simple. Do you think Skeletric should have done that rather than keep it white? It was a... I thought it was going to be sort of beigey from the renders, I thought, beforehand. Um, not white, I'm not convinced. It's isn't it sort of very pale silver blue? Uh, the car, the, so the car maybe... look, the, yeah, the car looks silvery blue, and the interior seems lighter than the thing. But anyway, it's um, we're basing all of this on a couple of pictures from an Australian guy, so it's an irate Australian, <laughs> not a pretty happy Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I know in the old days you would pull a car apart and the interior tree would just clip out. These days yeah. they're kind of plastic welded in and everything, so it's not the work of a moment to take it apart and and give it a lick of paint. So, um, however, that's a shame. However, that's yeah. We're, we're not, my Rothmans one will have whatever livery it's got. Hopefully, I mean, I suppose technically it should be white, but if it's black, I won't mind. I won't mind at all. Um, Moving on, yes. So looking forward, as we've done a little bit already, but looking forward, uh, this was partly inspired by me watching all eight hours of the recent and final round of the World Endurance Championship from Bahrain, 
um, which was uh, sports car racing I love, and the longer the race, the better, I always find. Um, so uh, this was the final race. And I was looking at the car thinking, I'd like a model of that, I'd like a model of that, I'd like a model of that. And it dawned on me that obviously some of the cars, a lot of the cars are kind of ending. So the LMP2, it's the end of them in World Endurance Championship. The GTE um, is ending, will become GT3. So I know the cars under the skin are very different, but superficially they kind of look the same. Um, but obviously those Porsches, etc., are going to change. And the one that really stuck to my mind was the green Rexy livery, uh, which is a Porsche 911 in bright green with a giant kind of teeth and lips painted around the front bumper um, and was christened Rexy. And I think there's even got graphics of little little arms on the side, etc. A good fun. And I think Gunnar Jeanette was one of the drivers and certainly his family team in the past have been responsible for They tend to do some... sort of bonkers stuff, don't they? Yeah, they've done great. Like They did a, a Pino's car uh, in the sort of livery of a, a Second World War bomber and stuff like that. So I, I, there's a sense of humour there, which I, I like. And if I was product planning, I think oh, that's an easy one. If you know, Carrera have got the mould for the car, bright green, big... Disc. If you know what it is, you probably want one. Even if you don't know what it is, if it's just a kind of shelf appeal for aunties buying from nephews, <laughs> then it's probably so. That's what inspired me to do this. What do we? What do we think they're going to do? What do we expect they're going to do? But also, what would be in our wildest dreams we want to do? So, let's do the expected ones first. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick. I'll kick off with Rexy. Have you got any that you expect them to do? Looking well, at what they've got. Looking at um, the LMP. To Orica that Slotit has brought out, which obviously is now um, European Le Mans Championship and not WEC anymore. Um, I would expect that they would do the Sebastian Ogier metallic red one that he raced for half of last year before he, I don't know, knowing Sebastian, if he wasn't doing brilliantly, he would just walk away from it. I think that's what happened because he wasn't <laughs> doing brilliantly. I mean, there's squillions of liveries you can put on that. There's a, a really pretty Ligier one. There's mm. um, a slightly Madden Bonkers Rolling Stone slash uh, Patron Tequila one. For me, I think the I think the the, the Alpine livery, the blue and black uh, livery, I would I would certainly like to see one of those. Um, that's slot it are well known for doing lots and lots of liveries on existing ones, so I'm sure that one will, will, will yeah, that will appear. Um, still sticking with sports cars, I'm sure mm. Ski Lotto with the ninth, the new hypercars, which I'm very excited about. I mean, in real life, there's so many of them. It's great. The seat, the racing has been fantastic. The cars look great. Um, Ski Lotto are doing them, and I think they've already released a white kit of the Porsche and. I know that the BMW and the Cadillac and the Peugeot are all kind of imminent, and it's great. Um, I just kind of, and I'm maybe I'm being this is I'm maybe unfair here. I just kind of wish it was someone I like slot it or even even Skeletric, dare I say, who was doing them because Scale Auto are kind of racing, so the cars will maybe be a little bit longer and a little bit wider. Uh, they'll certainly be more expensive because the chassis will be quite sophisticated and uh, all that sort of thing. Yes. I mean, my most modern GT is this one, which is the Scalotto uh, Viper 
Uh-huh, yes. Um, which is, it's not the greatest on our track, I have to say. Um, the, the chassis does take an awful lot of screw fiddling, which I have no idea about, if I'm honest. Also, it's very, very low, and it doesn't like the lumps and bumps of the Farnborough Park Ninko track. Um, on, on wood, which is where, obviously, the open GT3 competitions happen, this is the, the only car to have. Um, on our track, as usual, we are difficult, and um, it's, it's not hopeless, <laughs> but it's nowhere near the SR, uh, <clears throat> NSRs. So I did that livery because that's 2015 Le Mans. I was there, um, working away, and um, sort of fell in love with that car through the course of the race. The front end was just so wide, it looked like you could use it as an aircraft carrier. And um, so it was rumbling around in its sort of American way, slightly less Larry than the Corvettes in terms of noise, but it was, you know, nice, pretty. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll make that one. And of course now scale auto has announced it. So <clears throat> overall I'm a, I'm a, uh, I think scale auto is going to be the right brand for modern hypercars because they are techie because they are powerful because they, um, are a bit sort of leery with their um, dimensions. So it will be a little bit wider and a little bit shorter, uh, lower down than um, a true 132nd, I have no doubt. But as a scale racing at 132nd, it will do the job. And, you know, and I... the Peugeot could be quick as a slot car because it's very, very pretty. <laughs> it's certainly not quick as a real car. No, no. <laughs> um... Is it pretty? I don't know. I, uh, I'm a, it's distinctive. Yes. I'm not sure. It's, I'm not sure. Pretty is the word I would. I would leap to. But if you, um, if you paint them all white, the Peugeot is the one that you would know what it is. Well, that touches on. I mean, one of the great things about the class in real life is that you know there's only really four chassis underneath all of these things. So, um, from a slot car maker point of view one chassis will probably you can put lots of bodies on the one chassis and be pretty much uh accurate with them but as i've just said accuracy may not be entirely what they're doing the reason i put it in here is i'm pretty sure having not having got the porsche out already i think the multicolor le mans livery so rather than just the white and red livery that the cars raced in for most of the year they had that sort of tribute colors all the you know stripes and colors of all their famous liveries through the through the decades um, so not a rainbow per se, but a multicoloured stripes. Uh, I'm sure they'll have that one. So I, I'm, I, I would imagine that's nailed on. Um, any others that you think are, are not going to be surprised when I mean, said, oh, I'm doing this, what else? From my perspective, anything that is modern and a sports car is long overdue because our modern Le Mans class at uh, Farnborough Park has to run from 1995 onwards because there have been so few slot cars because obviously you went from Group C to effectively nothing where it was, you know, the likes of um, Pescarolo throwing stuff together in their shed and a lot of people with um, <clears throat> Porsche 962 cabriolets, um, which which sort of <laughs> filled the rest of the 90s until BMW I think turned was, up. I think that was technically LMP, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. I mean, a, a footnote of a footnote of the Grand Group C era, basically. 
Um, and then you get to BMW came back, spent a lot of money with Williams and won it. And then Audi came back and there wasn't anybody else for a long time. So Audi could turn up year in, year out and win everything. Um, and then Peugeot turned up with a car that basically was like the Audi in many, 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 many ways. Um, and it was a two horse race for a while. And then suddenly it all went a bit more exciting with LMP one H and now it's gone berserk. Um, hopefully, you know, that is going to be reflected in the slot car world as well, because we sort of have had this dearth of stuff for nearly 30 years. There's, there's only been the odd one or two, um, competitive slot cars like the slot it Lola, but my one is one of the most modern ones and it's 2012, which is sadly more than a decade ago. <laughs> I agree. It's a golden age of sports car racing. So I would hope more than one slot car maker makes the models. That's I hope we can get to it. join in yeah. and we can, we can <laughs> you know, we, we can share the fever because when, that... when slot cars hit a sort of a streak, like it did with rallying 10, 15 years ago, and everyone gets on the bus. It's really great. And at the moment, it's sort of GT3 stuff, I think. That's sort of GT3 where is the, popular, the hobby that, is, yeah. where the excitement is, where there's lots of open meetings and new models being made and so on. Across the board, like the the expensive, raceable stuff and the, the hobbyist, um, Scalextric and Carrera and who else. So, you know, it's it's clearly getting people's attention. And if, if hypercars do... Brilliant. Yeah. Well, GT3, so many GT3 races around the world, and it's been for so many years, and there are so many cars that, of course, from a slot car maker point of view, there are a guarantee of livery after livery after livery. So it's, it's like I can see the appeal for them from that one. Um, moving on, things you would dream of. So I've tried to be kind of restrictive. It's going to be an existing mould mm. that they're just going to re-livery. Um, have you got any of those that you would... If it was a big surprise, you would really love it, but you don't think they'd do it? Any mm, of those? That... I don't know, because, I mean, SCX is delivering one, it, allegedly, before the end of the year, because they, they said they were going to do the Agony Totip Integrale. Yes. Was that one, Was that on your list of dream cars? Right? Yes, because okay. it's that video, the, the 93 Monaco, uh, Monte Carlo Rally, where it's there's a pure sound video of that, and it's all those great Group A cars that were around in 93. And there's an awful lot of Science in the Repsol car and Agony in the Totip car. And the green and orange and in the Repsol style just looks mega. So they've said they're going to bring that one out. I'd love that. Um, yeah, other stuff. There's so many rally cars um, that I would dearly love to see. Um, and I'd also like to see an Acela livery on the NSR... 80s Formula One. Wow, that is niche. Yes, that's a left call. Okay, but the, what they sort of the, the denim one, the blue. I'd like the ones. no Ginzani's Claymata car probably fits that body shape. Yes, yeah. Oh, that would be well. That was a lovely real car. I mean, I'm, people know my view on these things where it's the sort of generic shape car. <laughs> uh, and one thing about that Acela was it was quite a distinctive shape. So, yeah. uh, um, so that would be a shame if it was. A, but yeah, no. I'm, and yeah, the, the, the scale electric British touring car Capris or British saloon car Capris, whilst mm. I still have many many issues with the shape of the thing, 
if they were to bring it out in the Juicy Jeans livery that um, Andy Rouse used in 82, I think it was, 81, 82. Um, after, cause yeah, he was with Gordon Spice in 80 and then went to, to, uh, run his own show in 81, I think with the juicy jeans car, that would be a, a big one for me. It's white with red sort of bottom half and juicy jeans in big letters down the side. Juicy, I, nothing's, it's not, it's not calling to mind. I mean, it's, it's slightly harking back to one that I fully expect to happen is the, the Hepolite, the yellow orange Hepolite Rover. From Steve Super, which was 82, 83, something 83, like that. 83, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I, well, I, I would imagine. Simon would imagine dropped a very that. heavy hint that that one is is potentially on the it's blocks for On its way. Oh, well, uh, my pre order can go in then. Um, going back to things which I would love, which I don't think will happen. Well, uh, I suppose it might happen. Is, we were talking earlier about Steve uh, at staff's slots and his influence on getting kind of slightly obscure British relevant liveries on cars. I'd like to see uh, the Lancia Delta in Andrew's heat for hire, the Russell Brooks car. Now, I think he only drove it on one rally, which was the REC. Yes. Uh, I don't think it was particularly successful, but that livery is so... I, I think, think it he shunted it because he wasn't thrilled at driving left-hand drive. Do you know, I, can't, I just remember uh, that the story I heard, and I, it's allegedly and apocryphally and all that stuff, was that he'd sort of done a deal, as it were, over the phone to hire a a groupie Delta, which at the time was winning everything. Um, and when it arrived, it was very much not current spec. Uh, so, <laughs> really? Uh, but, a bath well, doing that to somebody? Good Lord. Well, that, well, that's true. However, it looked great in the the Andrews hire. So, um, and Steve is involved with with the with the van, team slot. Sorry, it's a, there's a team slot uh, body, which is the right body for that. So uh, I would love that because I've got the, I've got the Escort, I've got the Sunbeam, and I've got the Manta. Uh, never ever, the Chevette is blue sky stuff, but I'd love a, a Lancia. Um, and the other thing I'd love, and I think you've got first-hand experience of knowing how difficult it is, is uh, what I call a proper Rothmans livery, i.e. the the white with the blue and sort of gold stripes, the the, the World Championship Ooh, winning yes, Rothmans livery. Yes, I do. I have, in well, fact, close at hand... Closer. <laughs> the one that I've done, that's uh, the which one, is missing rear tyres, so apologies for that. That's because, um, oh, uh, my race um, SCX Mark II Escort for our SCX Mark II Escort class, I uh, fettled the tyres for it, and I over-fettled <laughs> them so that they were too gripping. Um, SCX Escorts, when running Sans Magnet, uh, the less grip you have, the better they run, and they're more escorty because mm-hmm. they're sort of darting around as if, Roger Clark's on a mission. Um, so, yeah, I repainted one in uh, Shell colours, because I was working at Shell at the time. So it's Valdegard's Rally Portugal car. Um, and it goes really, really well. And then it didn't uh, this year. And I was getting like four to four to seven points per class in, in the Escort class, when normally I do quite well in that. So I took the tyres off this one, off the shelf, covered in dust and everything else, and it ran much better because it was able to go sideways without tipping over. Well, you and the reason... So I think Skeletrix did the version of their Escort with that livery, um, rare as hen's teeth and expensive to acquire, but I gather not... not Let's say the difficulty of applying the decal over the complex it's, shape of the wheel it's arches. This, it's the wheel arches. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and funnily enough, this weekend I was um, 
in Greece for the historic Acropolis rally, which was won by Marty McCormack from Ireland in his Mark II Escort. And that has got the loveliest red and yellow stripes on it. But he, very sensibly, doesn't put them over the arches. So the stripes sort of run and then the arches are white and then it goes red and yellow and then white again. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And and that's a livery which would be very easy to do and quite attainable, wouldn't it, Scale Electric, for a, you know, (laughs) from the home islands, there's a... a, uh, a rally car in a really nice livery. Well, I'm I would I'm going to be selfish. I'd want an SCX Escort in Rothman's livery, and I don't think although they've done a lot or they did do a lot of liveries, I don't think they did the Rothman's one. No, uh, and maybe they're up to the challenge of getting the de- the decals to go around the arches properly. So um, that's my real kind of. I hope somebody does it, but I don't imagine they will for all sorts of reasons. But yeah. We can but dream. I'd I'd also dream. like the um Roger Clark one, the last RAC he did in an escort, which he did um with that BBC documentary. Oh, you'll have to remind me what what livery was that? Then? It it was, was just that? plain red basically with a few um sort of supplier stickers on like Dunlop and, and Mintex and whoever was else. That, was that the one he did with the That's Life presenter as the co driver? Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. Very that documentary, which is available on, on the Tube of You, um, is well worth watching as a period piece um, and also as an imagine. insight into... Because, um, you know, you've got the TV presenter smoking as he's sitting there sort of nervously working out how he's going to do the pace notes for a very demanding um, man of, of very very high <laughs> expectations <laughs> on the on the event that he sort of owns. <laughs> And I, 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 I only met Roger a couple of times when he was. I was going to say he was charming, but that implies that he spoke a lot. He was very quiet. He didn't, I don't, I don't. I would imagine Roger's displeasure would be expressed by means of a very microscopic movement of an eyebrow rather than. A... <laughs> he terrified <laughs> me. My first couple of seasons um, rallying was on the British Rally Championship, and he was always there. Um, always around, usually in the bar, and by the time it got to the awards ceremony at the end, he was steaming, and usually him and Pentia Rickler were sort of holding court um, for the entire British rally community, and it was just... The one thing he didn't want to do was come away with a tongue lashing from Roger Clark, or, oh, right. or, or you know, come away thinking that Roger Clark thought that you were a bit of an idiot. So, yeah, that was... Um, <laughs> I was like, I encountered him on the uh, the Pirelli Classic Marathon, so uh, very much not, a, well, not really a competitive environment, let me put it that way. So he, he was obviously quite chilled at that point. <laughs> right, we've uh, enough reminiscing for this week. We probably should we should wrap up and uh, and say goodbye. So um, I'll say uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have been, there's some. I steal that from somewhere. I can't remember where it is, so apologies for it. But thank you for listening, or indeed watching, if you're brave enough. Um, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.